Hi guys, welcome to Blonde Blowing Mama Podcast. I am your host, Shanitria. And in case this is your first time tuning in, welcome. This is a podcast about all things cannabis and parenthood. And I am your host, Shanitria. And I like to smoke weed. And I'm a mom. And that makes me pretty fucking dope. (laughs) But what's even doper is that on this episode is super special because I have a special guest for y'all to talk about some things that I think will be really interesting. Uh, Have you guys heard of the Marijuana Mama? If you have not, then you about to hear about her now. (laughs) But before we jump into the interview, I just want to such with y'all real quick because that's what we do. So I'm going to be really bold right now and I'm going to dab. I know I usually smoke flour um, on the show, but I decided to dab because one, I'm all out of um, my sativa flour. So I got to re-up. <laughs> Two, I have plenty of concentrate. Like we bought like so much. It makes no sense. So I have been dabbing a lot lately and I'm about to dab right now. This is a sativa strain or I think it's a hybrid but it's sativa dominant and it's Girl Scout cookies in a wax form that we are smoking. Now we, I am smoking. <laughs> and so I'm about to hit that real quick. And hopefully I don't burn down my apartment or my microphone with my torch. I definitely need to get one of, like I need to get a Puffco Peak or um, a candy pen or a, one of those two just to make my dabbing life a little bit easier because this torch thing, has me so scarred y'all like I'm like (laughs) I have no idea how I'm gonna make this work while actually recording but I want to try it you know I tried it once and it didn't go well and I was like nah fuck that I'm never gonna dab on the podcast again but I'm gonna try it again and hopefully it goes well so fingers crossed y'all yeah (laughs) so here we go this is gonna be fun I'm just gonna move some things out of the way so that I can make oh Okay, so I can make this happen. (laughs) Let's see if I can turn my mic so you can hear the whole process. It's very exciting, darling. I don't even know why I'm talking like this. (laughs) That's the gas. Fire it up. Oh, power. Yeah, get it hot. So if you guys haven't dabbed before, usually in a traditional sense, All you need is your bong or your rig, and then you can get a special piece that you can actually put in your bong so that you can turn it into a dabbing so that you're able to dab with it. And so you can go to any smoke shop and get the, um, I don't know what they call it, but like the piece that, that that can convert your bong into something that you can dab out of. And you have a dabbing tool. So like it's like a little stick or a little pointy thing that you kind of dip into the concentrate or the wax or the sauce or whatever you want to call it. And then you get your bong nice or your little piece nice and hot with a torch. And then you just put it in the heat and watch it sizzle and inhale. So cheers. Get your shit. You got your bong. You got your pipe, your your joint, whatever. (laughs) Grab it. Come such with me. Let's do this. Cheers. That was a really good hit.
God. That was so good. When I tell y'all that was good, ooh, girl, boy, child, honey, honey, child, that was good, okay? All right. What was I talking about? I don't even know. What what am I doing here? Where am I? (laughs) No, for real. Yeah, so I haven't really, (coughs) ooh, just got me in the back of the throat. Yeah, so I'm really excited, you guys. I'm actually going to be having quite a few guests in the next few episodes. So this will be an exciting time. You know, I've usually been doing it solo dolo, just talking to y'all and I love it. I love chatting with y'all, but there are so many people in the cannabis industry who are talking about super duper awesome things and who are just awesome and dope and cool and fantastic and wonderful. (laughs) I want to have them on the podcast. I think you guys should know them. You should follow them and hear from them. Some of them are parents, some of them are not, but they're just really cool women who are doing really dope things in the industry. And you should hear about them because I don't hear many women in the cannabis community on podcasts. And I feel like, why not invite them on Blunt Boy Mama? Like, we talk about weed on here all the time and we talk about being a parent, but you don't have to be either of those things to listen to this podcast. If you're both, then like, hello, welcome. You are in your tribe. This is your element. Oh, you know what I love dabbing y'all? Cause that shit hit me straight away. I am high right now. Like it don't it that's why I think somebody asked me recently. I'm totally digressing. But I think somebody asked me recently, which one do I prefer? Dabbing or, you know, smoking flour? Like which one do I do the most? And et cetera. I definitely smoke flour more for sure. And I prefer smoking flour. But if I'm short on time or if I just need to get high or take the edge off immediately or and I don't have time to wait which as a parent I usually don't have time to wait um then please believe that I am dabbing like that's the quickest way to get the feeling that I'm usually seeking or alleviate whatever symptoms I'm trying to alleviate or just feel better or take the edge off of a rough day or be able to go to sleep right away or be able to relax immediately or be able to meditate or whatever I'm seeking to do Dabbing is going to get me there the quickest, like the high hits you, you know, whatever you want to call it hits you instantaneously. And then it doesn't take long to do like dabbing is so much quicker than like with flour. I feel like you have to like grind it up and everything. And then you have to put it in a bowl and you have to hit it several times where with dabbing, you could just you can one hit boom. So I can go in the bathroom with my bong, like dab really quickly, like and be in and out in like five minutes, you know, and be feeling good. and. I do that sometimes. <laughs> if I could do that with flour, I would. I mean, I do have a PAX that I can vape my flour out of, but you have to wait for that to heat up and stuff. And it's just like a process. So I don't really use that as much. But yeah, I dab. <laughs> More of that story. Um, but yeah, so you guys are in for so many treats in the next few weeks as I release all these episodes with these wonderful women in the cannabis industry. I hope you enjoy that's really all I got. I mean, nothing's really been going on with personal life. I mean, I've just been really feeling it. Like as a mom of two kids, it's really hard to balance, you know. Oh my gosh. <gasps> oh my God, y'all. Oh my God. I oh, This is peak motherfucking highness. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay, first of all, to... My awesome editor, please do not 
like edit out the white noise, like just the silence or whatever, but like keep this part. (laughs) So you guys, I definitely just got so fucking high dabbing, like literally just now that I forgot I was recording. (laughs) Like I pulled out my iPad and hopped on Instagram and I re okay. So so I real I was trying to post the giveaway, which I hope you guys have entered. And the giveaway ends on Saturday, September, September, Saturday, August twenty fourth for a laundry day pipe. It's very beautiful. It's teal. It's called the Nanu, I believe. N a n o u. It's adorable. It can also double as like wall art or like home decor, but it's also a super awesome piece to smoke out of and gives you a really good hit and looks good while doing it that is an instagrammable as fuck piece (laughs) i want it so bad i think i'm definitely gonna have to buy me a get and get me another piece of laundry day pipes because like they're all so i like want all of them and in different colors and just like this is obnoxious like i just want so many one of you guys one of my um friends uh, manelli who does yoga um she's awesome if you're in l.a and you want to do some good yoga, cannabis yoga. So she also incorporates using cannabis during the yoga session. Oh, she's amazing. And she's a black woman, y'all. And she owns the studio. So support black businesses, support black women, support black yogis. Okay. And I've personally been to her class a couple times. I brought my boyfriend once and he loved it. I brought like when friends come in town and they have the time, I'll bring them to a class. Like I've definitely been to a few of her classes. I need to go. Now that I'm post baby, I really need a cannabis infused yoga session like so badly. So I got to make time to do that. But I digress back to the story. y'all. <laughs> so anyways, I'm on Instagram really quickly while um while I was I don't know what I, I don't know why I even decided to do that while I was recording. That's how high I am. But anyways, I decided to check Instagram because my iPad is right next to my mic. And I noticed that the giveaway for the laundry day pipe wasn't posting and that something had posted, but there was no caption. So I decided to manually post it because usually I schedule uh, my posts for Instagram, you know, letting you guys into what happens behind Womp Boy Mama. I schedule my posts with a program, with an app that I have downloaded on my phone. And so I schedule them and, and they post automatically by themselves. And so it keeps me, you know, keeps me regular, keeps me scheduled. So you guys can see what's going on with me and stay up to date. So I had that post, the giveaway scheduled, and it posted while I was actually recording this episode. And I go to check it after I finish recording a part of this episode. And like the caption wasn't there. And so people were like, what is this? And then the whole post didn't post like that. It's supposed to be a gallery post. So I was just like, what the hell is going on? And so I manually try to do it with like my caption and everything uh, copied and it was taking forever to load. So I reloaded Instagram and it finally loads, but it doesn't post a caption. And then Instagram basically tells me that parts of my caption are blocked, like it's not permitted or whatever. So I had to like rewrite a part of the caption, like take out my link, you know, my at Blunt Boy Mama and at Laundry Day dot co because it was blocked so i had to actually just type blunt boy mama you know follow blunt boy mama and laundry day and i'm just like wow like really instagram that's how you're going to do me right now and so i i hate the censorship thing of theirs i guess just oh it's so annoying um which is why if you really want blunt boy mama content please just come to bluntboymama.com i have my podcast episodes up i have a lot of my blogs and 
on the website in regards to parenting. And a lot of the questions that you guys have, if you check out my blog and (laughs) click on the parenting section, you'll get all the answers there. Or you click on the sex and relationships section. I have a stigma section on the website. Definitely just check it out. But I digress again. I'm so fucking high on. <laughs> so I'm doing that, right? And I totally fucking spaced that I was recording the podcast. So I look, so when I, st- when I stopped, I actually recording, which is like at eight minutes, it was at four minutes had passed. I'm like, bitch, what are you doing? <laughs> And so like I turn, I like my computer had went dark. I like type in my password and the screen like pops on and it's recording. I'm like, what the fuck, bro? I'm like full on like reposting. And then I started like uh, (laughs) looking on Instagram, liking pictures and shit like (laughs) checking my message, my DMs, like what the fuck, bro, while recording this podcast. Okay. I don't know if that's a funny story or not. I just found it fucking hilarious as fuck that that's how much it like I walk it like I talk it. Hey, walk it like I talk it. I'm not just saying I smoke weed just to say I smoke. I'm like a real ass stoner. Okay. But I still get shit done. I'm still recording this podcast. (laughs) I'm a boss ass bitch. Okay. (laughs) But I'm also a stoner. I'm a stoner as fuck. Stoner AF, bro. Stoner AF. (laughs) Anyways, enough of me and my shenanigans. Okay. I just want you guys to get into this interview. It's really amazing. I think you're going to like it a lot. Uh, Here we go. Hi guys, welcome to Blunt Boy Mama Podcast. I have a super special guest today. I'm so excited. Maybe you guys know her as the Marijuana Mama (laughs) on Instagram. She is such a gem in the cannabis community and she offers so much information for moms like myself who are, you know, using cannabis and looking for resources and people who are out there and doing it. She's one of those people. She's super cool. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, But enough of me chatting. I'll let her introduce herself and let you guys know a little bit more about herself. Hi, guys. My name is Parisa Rad, also known as the Marijuana Mama. I'm also Women Grow Market Leader Program Director. Um, If you're not familiar with the organization, we are an international, we're actually the largest women's organization in the cannabis space. And we are an international organization that actually doesn't grow cannabis, but grows entrepreneurs. So we bring education and empowerment and inspiration to those that are looking to lead in the new cannabis space. So um, we hold monthly networking events all throughout the country and even in our territories such as Puerto Rico and in Toronto as well. So we have a huge reach and looking to expand even further into other countries as well this year and down the line. So we have a lot of great opportunities for women and actually men as well that are looking to either get jobs or learn more information about how to obtain and get started in the cannabis industry as far as a career-wise. We're a business organization. Uh, we also have a nonprofit sector and that those funds go to help subsidize healthcare for women and children um, for their cannabis, of course. So 
Uh, we have a lot of amazing things happening with Women Grow, and I, you know, love to share our upcoming events and whatnot. But uh, more importantly, the reason why I call myself the Marijuana Mama, and I'm even here in the cannabis space, is that four years ago. My daughter, Yazzie, was affected by prescription opiates and, in fact, is now suffers from a condition called gastroparesis and has to eat from a surgical tube into her belly. And, you know, she's in palliative care now. So, because of opiates, her body is permanently damaged. And because we're in a state of desperation, to be quite honest. I have a child that is in pain, but yet we don't want to give her more of the medicine that's already caused the damage. And she's now experiencing side effects from this medicine, like a paralyzed stomach, which causes a very severe and chronic nausea. And so I thought, well, cannabis helps cancer patients. Why wouldn't it help my daughter with her nausea and maybe even help control the pain? So we looked into cannabis and to our, you know, amazement, cannabis has literally been like life and night and day for us. Um, Yazzie is able to go about her day somewhat much more normally. You know, she is for the most part pretty immobile and stays in her bed because she doesn't feel well, but she's not crying nonstop and dry heaving and she's able to have normal conversation and, you know, enjoy some parts of life still. And I think that's the biggest takeaway for me was that cannabis has given my daughter more time on this earth and has provided her a better quality of life. And I'm just so forever grateful for this amazing plant medicine. And, you know, I'm just dedicated to helping other women and caregivers in the space learn about this medicine and learn that they can also join this industry and make money and help their families. You know, we know this medicine isn't cheap. So why not find a way to get into this industry and make some money to help support yourself and your new found plant based medicine? So that's who I am in a very long nutshell, but you know, <laughs> that's why I'm here. And that's why I'm so dedicated to the cause. So thank you. <laughs> no problem. I mean, okay, so you definitely touched on a few things that I want to ask you about. And I'm pretty sure people who are listening are like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I probably have like a billion questions. So my first question is, what was the medication that she was on that, you know, caused, uh, you said like the stomach paralysis that she's experiencing? What was that medication? And like, why was she taking it? And, and how old is she now? So Yasmin is now 18. I can't believe I have an 18 year old. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I had her when I was 17. So, um, uh -huh. My daughter is blind and has cerebral palsy since birth. She was born at 23 weeks gestational age and weighed one pound as a very premature baby. Um, and so she was really a miracle baby to begin with. And although she had all these challenges, lived, lived a fairly healthy life. And, you know, we followed the normal regimen of what normal doctors prescribe, you know, oh, your kid has ADD, take this medicine. Oh, your kid has trouble sleeping, take this medicine. So we were just kind of blindly following what the doctors had been advising us all along because Yazzie's health had been so critical and so almost scary, you know, to like manage at times because I wasn't sure as a young mom, you know, what I was supposed to be doing. So I was following what these doctors were almost ordering me. And at one point, it wasn't until uh, Yazzie was diagnosed with scoliosis at the age of 14 and given prescription opiates after the surgery 
that she became terribly ill. And for the first time in her life, you know, had to be hooked up to like feeding tubes and all this scary stuff and in pain for months. I mean, it totally changed our whole family dynamic. You know, I have a young child who at the time was only one and, you know, I had to go to the hospital and only see her at certain times of the day. And it was just so challenging because they don't let young children in the hospital. Yeah. It was as horrible as you could imagine watching your child suffer endlessly because you were just following whatever the doctors were telling you, but it had no way of knowing that, you know, this could result in some kind of serious damage. Further, I did some research and I found out, wow, this is actually really common and has happened to a lot of people. So why was I not warned that this could have been a, you know, a possibility before we we made a choice like this or we even went forward with the surgery? So All of these things are learning lessons, and I hope to teach other caregivers and parents that, you know, these are valuable questions to ask. What are our other options? And knowing that they can utilize plant-based medicine as a way to, you know, handle pain, nausea, and among other things. Even for my child, who's five now, my younger child, we use CBD, you know, for pain management. We don't use Tylenol and aspirin and all those other pretty mainstream methods of pain relief. Um, because we've learned that those have negative side effects, whereas CBD yeah. does not. That was what caused the initial condition of what she has, which is now gastroparesis. That sounds like such a scary, you know, ordeal. And I, how did you come about like deciding that, hey, I'm going to use cannabis, you know, on my child because, you know, a lot of people wouldn't think to use that. And what do people think who find out that you use cannabis, you know, not one, but both of your kids, like, do you get any backlash or like a lot of people just don't understand? Like, how do people usually approach you in regards to that? Honestly, it was like out of a state of desperation that I thought of cannabis because I had never really understood it as a true medicine before. I had obviously used cannabis as a college student and whatnot (laughs) and I had enjoyed it, but I was like, is it really medicine? I wasn't even sure myself, but I was desperate because I watched other videos of other parents sharing their experiences that I was, I felt empowered. I was like, you know what, if that parent's doing it, why can't I do it too? So I'm going to try it. Although I didn't tell anybody else I was doing Mm -hmm. it. You know, I was terrified myself of like, what was everybody else going to say about it. So I really waited until it was a few months into Yazzie's, I want to say remission almost, because at that point she was so depressed and so miserable. And she was talking about end of life type of talk and, you know, just take me out of my misery. I don't want to be here anymore. I mean, just horrible things because she was suffering endlessly, dry heaving and vomiting. And it was just so terrible. And as a parent, that probably breaks your heart. You don't oh, want to hear that, you know? Oh my gosh, it was the worst. So I was like, I'm desperate to find her some release and relief. And you know, people were like, how could you get your kid high? And I'm like, that side effect or benefit, as I like to put it, is <laughs> an amazing tool. Are you kidding me? My child was desperately depressed and in a horrible mental state. And this helped uplift her spirits. And remember, you know, like almost remove the clouds and let her see that her glass is half full. And now she talks about like how great life is because she has great visitors and friends that come and bring her cannabis. And she's like, I'm happier than before I had my tube. And I'm like, really? Like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. But, you know, my daughter's mental state is like been transformed. And I can't tell you how much that has done wonders for our overall just lives, you know, um, it 
our whole family dynamic has improved because of cannabis and its ability to heal my daughter. So yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. I like really, I love hearing that. So I'm really curious, like what kinds of cannabis or like what form of cannabis do do you use on your daughter? Like what's the best way, especially, you know, since she does have like a feeding tube, I'm really curious, like what's the best way for her to consume it where it helps her? Like what methods did you try? before you finally settled on one? We definitely tried the more probably acceptable routes, you know, first, everybody's like, oh, edibles, so tinctures, you know what I mean? Like that seems very, quote unquote, acceptable. But Mm -hmm. my daughter's condition is that that her stomach is paralyzed. So consuming things orally um, could mean that that could stay in her stomach for a prolonged period. It just makes it so much harder for us to gauge where... It was helpful in the sense of helping with the pain relief, but not necessarily controlling the nausea. And mm-hmm. that seemed to be the number one issue that we were having. And so we went through different products. We, we tried different things. We tried vape pens, you know, and I was like really nervous about letting my 14 year old vape. But <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> the first doctor that I met with that certified us was like, you need to let her vape flower, like get a volcano. And I was like, are you kidding me? My kids <laughs> use a volcano. Like I've never even used a volcano. Like that's crazy. At Hold that on, point, wait, what's a volcano? <laughs> I have to Google the volcano, but it's like a triangle shape base and mm-hmm. they put this bag on the top and it just like makes this bag get like huge full of vapor. And then you use this bag, uh, you know, as you wish, like you can just in- take hits of it off of it. And yeah. So anyways, I was just like, I can't imagine, you know, giving my kid flower in this form like this. But again, I was like, whatever's going to work. And studies that have shown that flower was the best for combating that severe nausea. So with all that being said, we utilize vaping method the most. And Yazzie has such severe pain and that she actually vapes concentrates. So Mm -hmm. concentrates have found to be the most effective for combating that serious pain and nausea that she experiences. She has nine metal rods down her back from the scoliosis surgery. And then she's got the paralyzed stomach situation going on, as well as severe anxiety and depression. And so with all this, we found that vaping concentrate has been the most effective. And I know people sometimes get, you know, this negative connotation when it comes to like, quote, dabbing and you know, the form of concentrate as it's like a recreationally looked at more, but honest to God, my child benefits the most from vaping concentrate. And she uses a Puffco Peak as her favorite way to utilize the medicine, or she uses a, it's like a dab pen almost, like it's made by trying to remember the person that makes these pens shoot I'll have to get back to you on it but I want to give them a plug because I like them a lot too (laughs) but um, a really good high-end like vaporizer pen that basically you can use as a dab like a nectar collector if you will so she'll have like concentrate in a jar and she can just like tap it and Mm -hmm. utilizing a torch so it's safe and it's just battery operated and the puffco peep is really nice because it actually vibrates when it's ready so Um, My daughter being that she's totally visually impaired, you know, a torch or anything fire or anything like that is dangerous for her because she could burn herself. So these devices make it so that she can still be independent. She can medicate herself in a way that, you know, and kind of control it based on how she's feeling and use it more or less, but without, you know, having that constant 
caregiver's assistance because my child's in palliative care and with the state, it is not allowed, quote, for the nurses to administer cannabis to my child. So although that's the only medicine she's ultimately taking, they can't even administer that medicine to her. She's got to be able to administer it to herself. Or I have Wow, that's very interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that, but I guess that definitely makes sense that they wouldn't, you know, legally be able to because they could possibly, you know, lose their license or something along those right, lines, right? Right. It's really mm-hmm. ridiculous, but until things change, they actually can't even administer CBD either. So really? Yeah. Not even cream. like I'm like, can you just put the cream on her back? And they're like, nope. So she's got wow. to put it on herself when I'm not home. And this brings me to another question I'm kind of curious about. How were you able to find caregivers that were supportive of you using cannabis, you know, for your child? Was that difficult? That was so difficult. I'm so glad you brought that up. Actually, we have had a really challenging time. In fact, the last nursing agency that we had, as transparent and open as I've been about, you know, our whole process and why we're using it and that I'm an advocate and all of this, it's actually kind of shot me it's kind of hurt me in the end because I, you know, I speak so publicly about, you know, the way that Arizona was wronging our patients by making concentrates or quote trying to make our concentrates illegal that there was a a magazine article that went out that their interpretation of what I had said was that I was boldly still administering cannabis, illegal types of cannabis to my daughter. What? Yeah. And because this went out in a publication, a giant publication, you know, it's easy to just Google my name and articles that I've been in. And the nurse, I guess, took it upon herself to research. And she said that, you know, she found out that I was doing some kind of illegal thing with giving Yazzie concentrates. And so they called CPS on me. And I had so that nursing agency left us and we were like without any care for months until we found a new nursing agency. But in that interim, I had to be like investigated by CPS. And it's just degrading to have any type of form of government come into your house or anybody come into your house and try to say like, question, you know, how you're parenting or or even question your, you know, that your children's safety and ask them questions like, they were asking them the craziest questions that even made them uncomfortable. And when they asked them about drugs, my kids were like, we don't use drugs in this house because we use natural medicine. You know what it's like? (laughs) My daughter doesn't even know the word drug means cannabis. Like cannabis is medicine in our house. So when she kept trying to ask her where are the drugs at, she's like, what drugs? Like we don't have drugs lady, you know? So just crazy for my kids. And I had to have that conversation with my younger one and explain to her that, you know, some people just think this medicine's bad. And she's like, what? Like all she's known her whole entire life is her sister's been using it. And we are all all talking about how wonderful it is all the time, you know, publicly and in our home. And it was really crazy, I think, for her. It was it was a it was a shock, you know, and I had to explain that this is what she's going to experience in school now, you know, and mm-hmm. she's just going to have to know for herself that, you know, the information that we've given her is true and, you know, not let whoever try to make anybody feel guilty for the fact that they're using plant-based medicine. So anyways, that being said, it is an interesting road we have to navigate in these new times where people are still portraying this medicine as being something that's harmful, especially to children. And then being here as a mother who's 
using this medicine, advocating for this medicine, pushing for this medicine, you know, on different levels, whether that be for entrepreneurship or for just advocacy or for just patients, you know, for them to understand that they can use this medicine. So anyhow, it is it's a crazy time. And I hope that soon we'll be able to look back on this and be like, I can't believe we had to go through all that. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> right. I mean, you're on the front lines. <laughs> So, So, I mean, I get this question a lot about Child Protective Services involvement. And unfortunately, a lot of moms have written to me and said that they've had CPS or Child Protective Protective Services involved in their home. Or like, you know, I think the scariest and saddest part is a lot of moms have told me, hey, um, my baby tested positive in the hospital and... I was, you know, trying to breastfeed my baby in my hospital room and a social worker comes in and, you know, scares me and scares my partner. And we're going through the process now. And I think that's, you know, so scary because you just gave birth, you know, and now you have a social worker in your hospital room, you know. That's terrifying. I feel for those moms so much. Like, even in my situation, I feel like the only reason why it didn't go down bad is because a, I wasn't consuming cannabis when she knocked on my door. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Things could have so gone so bad. Um, my cannabis happened to be all up away. Like I had just cleaned that Saturday morning. So I was like in cleaning mode. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the house was extra clean, you know, had she come in and like everything was disheveled and smelling of cannabis and things were laying out as they often are. I mean, you know what I mean? Just as like you're moving around and you leave something. And if the person had just came at the wrong time is all I'm saying. Things could have happened so differently. So I have a air purifier that we utilize in the house, you know, to help with any type of smell. And um, as far as like my consumption, I only use like generally my bathroom so that I can use this air purifier to like clean everything out. And then I have like an upper shelf that where as long as you have a, a quote lock on it, then it's considered a, in a safe and secure place. So I recommend moms to get something with like a lock on it. So that way, if a CPS worker ever comes, you can be like, look, my medicine is kept here. And you just never answer the door to anybody unless, you know, your stuff is stashed and safe and things are tidy. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's like one of these things, like you just have to be very cautious when you're consuming. And you know, like for me, I I put everything away afterwards. I'm just like almost obsessive over it because of what has happened. But I because I keep replaying in my head how it could have gone so differently. So yeah, I mean, I feel like as just like a an adult or, you know, as a woman, and especially as a mom, I always every time I consume cannabis, whether that be with like my bong or a pipe or you know, maybe I bought like some pre-roll joints or something. When I'm finished, like I put everything away. So if you come in my home, you wouldn't even know that, you know, we use cannabis in this house because it's not like just laying out. Usually I try to be really diligent just because I do have a four-year-old and four-year-olds are pretty handsy. Anything that's lying around (laughs) is fair game, you know, and I take that approach with like the same thing I would, I tell people the same way you would treat alcohol, you know, you're not going to leave your glass of wine laying around. You're not going to leave a bottle of tequila laying around or a bottle of vodka or anything like that, or you're not going to leave a handgun. You know, around all those things you put away on top shelf, you lock it up if you can. And so that your kids can't, you childproof your home when you have kids. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that's part of my childproofing. It's just like I make sure everything 
as safely away. And then I tell her, like I verbally tell her, like, this is a lighter. Don't touch the lighter. It's for adults. Like this is not for kids. You know, it's very dangerous. (laughs) Yeah, I can burn you. (laughs) You know, this is a bong. It's a very big piece of glass. Do not touch it. You can break it and hurt yourself and make mama sad because you broke it. (laughs) So just different things of just like, okay, like I want you to know what this is. And like, and also I'm, I'm going to put it away. But just in case you do see it around the house, because maybe I don't move as quickly, like maybe being a mom, you so many things could happen in the house at one given time that you'd never know like what, like maybe you have to stop and you don't get a chance to put something away. And you just need to know, like your kids need to know, hey, like this is not okay for you to touch. Like this is mine. You can't touch this. (laughs) And my kids have that understanding. And I think that, you know, a lot of people don't, outsiders don't really understand that but it's like you know in my home we communicate you know (laughs) it's all about communicating I think that's so true so um, yeah I keep it real with my kids you know I'm like this is why you don't want to use this to my younger one and this is why your sister has to use this you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so there's not even a desire for her to tap into any of her medicine because she's like gross why would I want that it's not gonna make me feel good because I have <laughs> wrong with the same thing that's wrong with, you know, Yazzie. So mm-hmm. it's all about education and it starts at home. So yes, I always tell, I feel like that's the number one question I get asked by a lot of parents and, and non-parents is just like, how do you talk to your kids about you using cannabis and just cannabis period? And I'm just like, well, you know, first of all, like I'm a black woman. So like, I don't send my kids to school and just expect them to come back and know everything. Like, I'm just like, well, there's still a lot of shit I have to teach you. Like, I need to teach you about black history. I need to teach you about the things that other ethnic groups are going through. I need to teach you about, you know, womanhood and money and how to be kind. And I need to teach you about cannabis. Like, I'm teaching you all these things because you can't just like send your kid out to the world and be like, okay, go learn about this. Like, no, education first starts at home about all of the things that, you know, they don't learn in school and they don't learn a lot of stuff in school. So it's up to you as the parent to, you know, empower your kid with that information because, you know, knowledge is power in all forms and don't ever discount your own experiences because what you've gone through and what you know is a lot more than what they know at four, five, 14, and 18. Right. They haven't been on the earth as long, you know? <laughs> so, true. so true. So I guess I really wanted to ask you, you know, what advice, you did drop a couple of tips, but what advice would you give to uh, any parents who have had CPS, you know, involvement or potentially, you know, to avoid CPS involvement in their homes or if they suspect that maybe a, that they may have, it, you know, a social worker pop up on them or something like how would you what advice would you give them to kind of navigate that situation? Well, I think that the best thing is to, you you know, talk about it as your medicine. And, you know, I think that anytime that they're thinking that you're utilizing it in a recreational form is where, you know, I think that that's where the red flags raise. I mm-hmm. talk to them about this medicine as, you know, I would. I don't know, anything else that my daughter takes, you know, like her nebulizer. It's like, uh, she needs it. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's no reason I don't you wouldn't come in here and tell me not to take my Xanax or my antidepressants. Mm. So why would you come up in here and tell me to not take my cannabis? It's better for me. It has less side effects than these pharmaceuticals. And the lady's like, Yeah, 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 I have no problem with you using it. It was just you know, we had to come in here and verify everything. So I think it's like how you handle yourself too. 
it's almost like if you handle yourself with confidence, knowing that what you're doing is not wrong, you're not breaking the law. If you're in a legal state and you're using medicine as a legal patient in your home, there's nothing they can do to you in that sense. You know, as long as you're not being unsafe around children, um, I don't think that that's grounds for them to do anything to you at that point. So I say, handle the situation with confidence, knowing that this is the choice you made as your medicine and expressing that to whomever at your door would be the best advice. You know, stay calm, collected. It's so much easier for me to say this to you guys, but I was literally, I, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. But um, because it's always just nerve wracking for anybody to come up in your home. But Again, looking back on it, I was like, you know, I did stay calm and collected, although inside I was like freaking out. So (laughs) I can only imagine. I'm just like, you're saying that. I'm just like, that's probably so much easier said than done. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I guess my next question for you would be, what advice would you give to um, perhaps like a new parent or, you know, a parent who wants to incorporate cannabis into their own lifestyle uh, as far as like for their own personal use or if they wanted, you know, maybe they have a child who needs it. Like what advice would you give them? I mean, definitely seek out medical assistance. There's plenty of certifying doctors that can help guide you and get you to the right dispensaries that have patient type of consultants that can help you with a regimen. I think it's just about voicing out your needs. Like tell your doctor what you need, you know, and if your doctor is not receptive to it, then find a new doctor. You know what I mean? Like that doctor is not for you then because there's plenty of now mainstream doctors that are like, Hey, I don't prescribe that. But if that's what you feel you need, like you do you, you know what I mean? So I would say reach out to community groups and ask for other parents recommendations. And parents are always willing to help share their resources. I know I am. I have a group called the marijuana mama's on Facebook and people are more than welcome men or women to join and ask for help in in that kind of realm. And I'm sure plenty of parents would jump up and be willing to provide resources in their cities to help other parents. I don't know if you um, did, but I, I feel like it's worth asking because I get this question a lot. Um, did you use cannabis while pregnant or breastfeeding? No, I went the whole pharmaceutical route for a little while when I got into like my professional career after college. And it wasn't until Yazzie's uh, miraculous turnaround with cannabis that I started using cannabis on a regular again and just like totally put aside my antidepressants and anti-anxiety pills myself. So, but now if I were to get pregnant, I would continue my regimen that I'm on. I wouldn't stop taking other medicine, I think I'd probably go crazy without my cannabis and my poor baby inside <laughs> would probably be like, oh my God, get this lady something. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. It would definitely be one of those moms that would consume um and, you know, to help with my nausea or whatnot, because why not? I mean, I already use it anyways, but if I have like more ailments that cannabis could help with, I would probably up my, my consumption to help with that. So. Yeah, for sure. Why not? I, I, with my first, I didn't use cannabis my first pregnancy and I went crazy like I almost lost my fucking mind (laughs) and I I was just like why did I hate pregnancy so much like what was wrong and then I used cannabis like for the first time after I stopped breastfeeding which was like I breastfed my daughter for 15 months and so then I finally used it I'm just like oh 
I was missing cannabis and that's why I was crazy. <laughs> and so I made a promise to myself. I was like, if I ever get pregnant again, I'm going to use cannabis and, I, and, and definitely I won't stop. And, and I did. And I enjoyed my pregnancy so much more. And I'm just like, wow. So this is why women are happy when they're pregnant. Like they're just not telling anybody that they're using cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> so it was definitely a game changer for me. And I just want to ask you, I just have a couple more questions for you. How do you think that, you know, society overall, like views women, especially moms who use cannabis? And how do you think that that perception is going to change or will it change? I think that, you know, there's still this stigma associated with it, but I think it is changing. I honestly feel it changing. Like we're normalizing cannabis as we speak through what we're doing right here, right now, we're changing somebody's perception of cannabis. And the more all of us speak out and live our truth, you know, the more people are going to realize that this medicine isn't something that's like, makes you crazy. It's something that helps people and it helps them function at a normal rate. And trust me, you probably don't want to see most of us without our cannabis. So I feel like, you know, now I go into grocery stores and I see all this CBD infused everything. And it's like, oh my gosh, like CBD is literally everywhere. And I feel like that's what we're, we're right now living in this transition. And we're going to see so many people's perception of this plant change. I 100% agree. What challenges do you face as an entrepreneur in the cannabis space? Or do you face any challenges at all? Absolutely. Uh, There's uh, lots of challenges. But specifically in cannabis, I would say is business is all based off of relationships. And because Mm -hmm. cannabis has been an illegal substance for so long, those relationships have such a deeper meaning. And I just say, be careful of who you go into business with and who you partner with and who you trust and, you know, what contracts you sign because it's a cutthroat industry. It really is. And I just say, protect yourself. You know, remember that this is a business industry. So, you know, protecting yourself at whatever cost, you know, people are really open to share ideas and concepts. And then next minute, you know, somebody else is doing it. And it's like, You just got to protect yourself and, you know, NDAs all day. But to be real, if you don't have an attorney and funds to pay an attorney, all these contracts and NDAs don't mean shit. So unless you're willing to back it up with some legal action, you know what I'm saying? Like, think about all of these things before you go into a deal, because that's the reality Mm -hmm. of it. There's big business coming in here and they have a lot of money. You know what I mean? So... I would just say, be really careful who you trust and who you do business with. That's my biggest advice. You know, when you find people that you align with, like keep them close. I mean, the sky is literally the limit at this point, but you know what I mean? Like as long as you have a good team, good squad, people you can trust, you can accomplish anything. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I a hundred percent agree with you on that. Any advice to like uh, new entrepreneurs in the cannabis space, you know, especially moms, you know, about like, how do you balance it? And then like, how are you able to make a revenue or profit off of, you know, what you're doing? Yeah, actually, I'm really excited because Women Grow is going to be launching a new program here soon. And it is going to offer it up in Arizona, oh, actually nationally. Yeah. So all over including okay, in Arizona, cool. and we will be launching a new opportunity for women to create their own revenue stream and businesses within the Women Grow um model. So we have some exciting things that we've been thinking about all these women out there and how there needs to be opportunity for them as well. So 
Um, with that in mind, we are recreating the wheel, so to speak, so that way we can um, accommodate more people in a larger way and help them in a bigger way. So I would say just stay tuned because Women Grow is going to be launching probably beginning of the year, and there's going to be a lot of opportunity for women and moms to get in the business. So stay tuned. <laughs> awesome. And I guess that kind of leads me to my last point for you, which is, you know, is there anything that you're working on or that um, is coming up in the future that you're doing that you want um, folks to know about and, and how can they get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, so things that we have going on is I've got pop-ups that are happening, women grow pop-ups all throughout the nation. And our next event is August 29th in Tucson, Arizona. And um, folks can actually get a free ticket if they go to WGPOPUP.com and use promo code, all caps, Marijuana Mama. And um, we also have a really big, exciting event where um, our new activewear is going to be launched at New York Fashion Week with um, fashion designer Kato Mamalu of Project Runway. Many people know her from the show. And she's designed our custom apparel. And this is the first time that cannabis meets high fashion. So we're going to be on the runway September 7th in New York City for New York Fashion Week, debuting with Kato Mamalu. And we're going to have a bunch of celebrities and amazing guests at this event. And I definitely recommend people to go to womengrow.com to get their tickets. I know there's going to be tickets ranging from $99 all the way up to VIP tickets at $250. And those are front row seats at the show. All tickets include a swag bag as well. And then there is a uh, New York City after party as well after the fashion show. So you'll want to sign up for all that fun stuff. If you're going to New York Fashion Week or you're already planning to be in the New York area, definitely consider participating in this because it's going to be monumental. That's so awesome. Hey, I love that. Exciting. (laughs) You are doing some awesome, awesome things. And I definitely feel like, you know, people should follow Women Grow on Instagram and definitely check out the website. You know, if you're looking for other like minded women, like that's definitely the place to start. Well, thank you for um, all of your support and having me on the show and letting me share my journey and experiences. And I hope that if anything, I had any bit of information to help somebody out there. But if they want to reach out to me, they can contact me at the Marijuana Mama on Facebook or on Instagram. I'm the Marijuana Mama, so D A Marijuana Mama, and I'm happy to you know answer any further questions you have about either the cannabis industry or you know just parenting and cannabis in general. I'm an open book and um, happy to connect with people. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And like you bring a different perspective than what I offer because I am the person who uses well, me and my partner we use cannabis in our home, and my kids. Well, I have a seven month old, so he's not really doing anything. <laughs> But, you know, my kids, I don't use cannabis on them, but I have been thinking about, you know, like CBD for my daughter if she has any aches and pains. And so, you know, hearing you definitely gives me some hope and some ideas and some inspiration in case, you know, I do want to go that route. But, you know, it's always inspiring to hear from other moms out there who are doing it and who are are speaking up about it. And it just makes you feel like you're not alone. And, you know, that's the point of this podcast. And so, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on and speak with me 
Um, you dropped so many gems for us. And I, you know, hope to have you on again. You know, I, I feel like after I post this episode, probably people are going to have like a billion more questions. <laughs> well, we, we uh, anytime, anytime. Yeah, for sure. years, by the um, way, I just want to say, so I'm really excited that you invited me on this show. And I know I've reposted some of your content that I love. And I'm just like thrilled to be here sharing with you and would love to come back anytime. So Awesome. Yeah, we would love that. Yes. <laughs> Mama's unite. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Blunt Boy Mama podcast. It was so dope to have the marijuana mama on the podcast. Like, I love her name, the marijuana mama. Yes. And I would have had that if she didn't have it already. But, you know, Blunt Blonde was inspired by Lil Wayne. So, you know, it's a Wayne song. Check it out. Check out Lil Wayne, period. He's fucking goat. Like, icon. Love him. Grew up on him. I love him. Okay. Anyways, I digress. Again, I'm high, (laughs) y'all. But that's no surprise, right? Anyways, thank you for listening to this episode. I really appreciate it. If you guys want to get some more Blunt Boy Mama, definitely follow Blunt Boy Mama on Instagram, on Twitter, like Blunt Boy Mama on Facebook, and check out BluntBoyMama.com for blogs on parenthood and on sex and relationships and stigma. And you can also get the podcast on BluntBoyMama.com and read little summaries. And it's just, it's got a lot of stuff. It's just a lot of gems. Definitely check it out. And it's a resource for you guys that I, you know, intentionally crafted for you. Also share this podcast if you think it's dope and you want somebody else to listen to it and always write reviews, please. I I love reading these reviews from you guys and hearing from you guys. It really, you know, helps me know to keep going and, you know, it helps other women find this podcast. And that's the goal. Ultimately, I want as many women as possible to hear and find this podcast so that they know they're not alone. Because a few years ago, I thought I was alone. And to realize that I'm not is the best feeling in the world. And I want more women to know that and to feel that. So that's all I got for y'all this episode. Hey, we made it. We made it. We made it. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys another time. Okay. Bye. <laughs>